boy Art Dog and your homeboy MJ Gunner. Good, good, my people. Welcome to the Sunday Legends, and we are back with another fun full of wrestling. Oh my God, it's so much happening. Yeah, last so, week was uh, kind of hard for us when we didn't do the show last week, so uh, we had to put a uh, dog down there. On Monday last week, we uh we had to put our dog down, and you know we were both pretty upset by that and everything. You know, Rock was like a kind of the mascot of the Sons of Legends. You heard him in here a bunch of times. You heard him barking all the time, trying to, to break in to get at us and everything. A couple episodes he's probably been on, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a real tough for us. It was a one in a million type of thing. Yeah, like uh, it happened Just real fast out of nowhere. Uh, he was diagnosed with some rare blood disease, and I mean he was sick all over the weekend, and we was just hoping that he made it to Monday so we could peacefully let him go. And but you know we miss him. Uh, that's why we didn't have an episode last week, and this week. We are back, and there's so much to catch up on, but we're going to do the major stuff. We're going to do Crown Jewel. We're going to do Battle for Glory. It was A couple hot takes. couple hot takes. Oh, man. It's some, it's some stuff going on, but we're going to jump right in. You already know how it go. Gunna, where do you want to start? Because uh, everything's so Jewel. fresh. Okay. Crown Jewel was actually really good. I really enjoyed this. Like this, what this is my favorite Saudi Arabia pay per view that they've done so far. Like this was a really good one. Another one that Goldberg does it again. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to him. But it started off on a much more positive note. It started off with Edge and Rollins inside that Hell in a Cell. Man. And you see this, this stuff, the, yeah, go ahead. I've said this I've said this on the show before and I'll say it again. I think that this is what the Hell in a Cell really should be for to pretty much a climax great feuds like Edge and Rollins. Like they've had three great matches and having this last one inside that Hell in a Cell, it was just really the explanation point that it needed, you know, to really take it to the best heights it could get to. I mean, it was it was a killer match. We already knew that Edge and Rollins had the best storyline pretty much going into mm-hmm. uh, Crown Jewel. I mean, with Rollins showing up at Edge's home, you knew it had to be something like violent that was going to... Yeah, they were looking for blood, man. They were looking for blood. Oh, they blood. got it. It was yeah, it was it, it was a rough match, man. That's that was that was tough. Was I mean, crazy. that was probably one of the best matches. I mean, my uh, favorite match of the night. Edge Edge pulled it off mm, with uh hit the stomp. Yeah, he that was crazy. <laughs> he, uh what killed me was when Edge kicked out when Rollins wrapped his foot in the chain. Mm-hmm. That was a crazy spot. That was dope. They was pulling out some innovative stuff that we ain't seen in Hell in the Cell yet. So I liked I liked that a lot. Yeah, really big fan of this feud, really big fan of this match. It was just great. And uh, I don't know where they can go from here because that was that was some of the best work that both of them has done. I hope it's over. In recent memory. To be honest with you, I hope it's over. I hope it's done because we don't want it to drag on. You know, this seems like an ending point. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they should go their separate ways. Uh, Rollins is going to Raw anyway, ain't yeah, he? Yeah, so is Edge. Yeah. They went and together. Edge, oh, here we go with it. I know. Why did they have to go together? Man, here we I go. Know. Okay. Our next match was uh Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Yeah, it was it was Saudi Arabia. But it was match. a history making moment because uh two Muslims uh mm-hmm. wrestling in Saudi, which was mm-hmm. uh good for for people to see, man. That was dope. Mm-hmm. And they actually did have a really good match. Yeah. I actually was surprised that I was into it the way I was into it. Mm-hmm. And props to Mustafa Ali. I hear he uh, donated his check from this show to charity. Well, that's really that's nice dope. to him. That's dope. 
Uh, Mustafa's one of those guys, man, that missed his moment and Kofi Mania happened when he got injured, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I was just waiting on him to pick it back up. And the hacker storyline was so good and they like buried it up under the retribution storyline, which was so bad. Yeah, I think the hacker could have worked, but yeah, the, the retribution, uh, we and all know how to talk about then that. Then they stuck him with Mansoor, which we know mm. that Mansoor is not really gonna, you know, ever... He's not the type of guy that WWE would push to the top. But mm-hmm. Mustafa Ali actually has a chance mm-hmm. to be like this generation's Neville. You know, what Neville was to the cruiserweight division, Mustafa Ali could be to like the United States title. I feel you. And I'm just waiting on him to get his, his due. Yeah, he definitely deserves it and everything. All right, uh, the next match was uh, RK Bro. And AJ Styles and Omas. And the highlight of this match for me was Riddle's entrance. Coming in on the camel. Coming on the camel. Man, I was like, okay. And of course, it, it's, it's, it's always going to be money with RK, bro, for some mm-hmm. reason. They just, it's something about that chemistry. They just they work, work well together. I think that's what it really is. The, the The biggest thing is they work well together, and as long as they can keep finding them entertaining people to, I, that's, to wrestle, that, I think that's the problem. Yeah, They're gonna run out be. of people to challenge. Yeah, it might be because I can only sit through AJ and Omos a couple more times. I don't. I, I don't even want it again. To be honest with we're you, we're gonna get again on Raw tomorrow. Right here. I don't. I don't even want to see it again. To be honest with you, I'm actually ready for that to be over with, and I'm ready for them to get some new competition. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've drafted enough people. Yeah, they drafted a couple of tag teams. Though. The Street Profits are on Raw now. Yeah, let's get uh, it. Ziggler and Rude that ought to be very entertaining. I'd rather yeah. see them go against the Street Profits because faces and faces actually come with very comical storylines mm-hmm. with Riddle trying to be friends with someone <laughs> and Orton just steady snaking them. Yeah, Apollo Crews and uh, Commander Aziz got drafted to Raw, so uh, I can see them getting a shot. Yeah, uh, that that's another AJ Almas type of thing where they're going to kind of focus on Apollo Crews and let mm-hmm. Commander Aziz. Yeah. But anyway, it was a good match. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. Uh, next match was the Queen's Crowns uh, Tournament Finals, Alina Vega and Dewdrop. It's very surprising. Can, can, we th- can we dedicate the rest of this show to talking about this Queen's Tournament? <laughs> You have so many problems from beginning to end with this tournament. <coughs> because it's the booking, it's the placing, it's the the winner, it's the losers, it's how they lost. It's it's just everything about this tournament was just done so backwards and upside down. It I mean it kind of was, you know, short matches, you know, the uh, people going out where they really should, probably should have gone out. Oh my God! I mean, you know, upset victories uh, out, out there. Left Wazoo. and right, left and right. You know? And uh, the winner was uh, Zelita Vega. She's uh, the Queen's Crown winner. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see her get something. You know, an accolade underneath her belt. My problem is this though. Before coming into this tournament, Zelita Vega could not buy a victory. She hadn't won a match since. I can't remember the last time, but to be honest with you. I don't think she won any matches since her return. Hell, before her return, this tournament. to be honest with you, because because uh, before she left, she got into a thing with Asuka. And, you know, of course, she's not going to win any of those matches. I don't think I can ever really remember her winning a match on the main roster before this tournament. But... I mean, the push out of nowhere, I mean, it works sometimes, but I don't know about this I one. I don't think this I was one. really looking forward to Shayna Baszler's reign as queen. I don't really think we could blame the WWE for this one. Uh, I hear Shayna Baszler could not go on the trip to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you know, some I, people I have, understand. You know, people have reasons and everything for not going on this trip. 
I I get it. Yeah. So she couldn't. So unfortunately, she couldn't win, which I was really hoping she would. But anyway, my my thing is, like I said, uh, before this match, Lita Vega couldn't really uh buy a victory, and you know I don't really think it's believable to have her. You know, win this whole tournament and... Over Dewdrop in the end. Exactly. You know, they were kind of pushing Dewdrop. And I don't really think it's uh, that believable for her to win this tournament. And she was so far down the card before the tournament started. Like, she was losing handicap matches with Carmella to Bianca Belair. And the thing is, like, does this Queen's crown all of a sudden make her like a dominant person where she's going to just be winning matches left and right? Or I honestly, I would doubt that, to be completely honest with you. I really would. I mean, what kind of power do you really yield as Queen of the Ring? I mean, if they did this, you know, to, to make it seem important, I could see, you know, somebody get a big push off of this. But I don't think that, 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 that it's going to happen this time. See, my problem is... I remember back in the day when King of the Ring was an actual pay-per-view. You had to win a couple matches in one Mm -hmm. night. And the person who won the King of the Ring got a title shot at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. That was like the importance of winning the King of the Ring. It was so important to win King of the Ring. And the last person to get that title shot was Brock. Was Brock Lesnar. Now, this is where it stopped. Billy Gunn. I mean, Kings have a, you know, the the Kings after Brock, they got a, their their spotlight. They got their time in the sun. Booger T was world heavyweight champion after winning King of the Ring. William Regal won the Intercontinental title after winning King of the Ring. You know. I'm saying that winning King of the Ring used to have a specific notion behind it. Right. I mean, as it should, you know. Remember, like, I remember Brett winning King of the Ring and his shot at SummerSlam winning the title. I remember Owen winning King of the Ring getting a shot at Brett at SummerSlam in the cage and losing. I mean, if you win this tournament, it should mean a big push. And then I remember Billy Gunn winning King of the Ring and then getting buried by The Rock. And he and I was so excited for him to get the title shot at SummerSlam, and he didn't. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But like I said, you know, winning these things, they should mean a big push. You know, winning King of the Ring, winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. You know, I think that the person who does this should get the big push. But I don't That's know why it's gonna be not. Line, eh? I don't know why. But I mean, I digress, man, because we don't know. We don't know what the what winning the queen's crown means. I mean, it it could mean that she's going places now. I guess we just have to wait to find out. I hope so because yeah, me too. To be honest with because you, because the when the the person who wins the king of the ring most of the time we see them get. A nice push behind it. Yeah, that's true. Even the very last person to win King of the Ring, when King Corbin won the King of the Ring, he really became King Corbin. Yeah, yeah. And it lasted for a long time, too. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's definitely true. I just, like I said, I just hope that this means something and it wasn't just uh, a space filler or something like that. Yeah, because I was really excited when they announced the Queen Queen of the Ring, basically, or yeah. Queen's turn, Queen's Crown Tournament. But as soon as I saw the participants, I was like, what is this? <laughs> the moment I saw it, because none of the best women's wrestlers were in it. None of the horsewomen were in it, period. I mean, I can kind of look past that. But that's only because the horsewomen have been on top the that's entire cool. time. No Naomi, no, you know, no Oscars, no, no. I mean, there was like, it you was like. You all these people that are either not here or they're doing something right now. You know, Oscar's not around. Naomi's doing this thing with Shannon does Sonya Deville. Who just used Shayna Baszler, who was in the Queen's tournament, though. I feel like that they had a, a pretty good uh, tournament there. There were some pretty uh, talented people in this tournament. I don't know. I just felt some type of way when I saw who was in it. And then when I saw Shayna in it as, like, the dominant figure, I just automatically assumed, like... Because I feel I like... Never, I never pictured Dewdrop and Zelina Vega at the end. 
if this pay-per-view, if the finals were not at the Saudi Arabia show, I honestly hope that they would have went with Shayna Baszler. Because I feel like they've really been rebuilding her. You know, she'd be getting these dominant victories, and she's been doing really well lately. I hope that they're about to turn her into a force again. I just, I'm just so, I, I have to, I have to see where this goes. Because I just can't picture what they're doing. Right. I don't, I don't understand. All right, go ahead. Uh, next match was uh, Goldberg and uh, Bobby Lashley. Another burying. Not really. I wasn't really looking forward to this match, to be honest with you. Hey, I, I actually expected Bobby Lashley to pretty much dominate, so to speak. But what I didn't take into account was this is Goldberg in Saudi. He's only lost one match there. That, and that was against somebody who had way more clout than him. That was against The Undertaker. I could have told you that Goldberg was not dropping twice. Once, maybe, but not twice. Especially not twice in a row. Uh, he had to get that win back. Oh, man. I mean, but it was actually a pretty entertaining match, though. Yeah. I, I didn't expect uh, to see what I saw. Yeah, it went all over the place. It did, you know. The, I think the finish was a spear off. A spear the, off of the right. table, off of the stage through a table. Right, and then uh, gets the one, two, three. Goldberg goes over. My pro- my issue here is that some of the people that Goldberg beats, they don't recover after that. They never. Some of them never recover after losing to Goldberg. You know, uh, KO's one. You know, he lost his universal title to Goldberg, and he hasn't been near a world title right since. Right before WrestleMania. Right. Uh, the Fiends won. You know, he lost the universal title to Goldberg. And I, a lot of people would say that's where he started to go downhill it in is. WWE. Yeah. And I just don't want that to happen with Bobby Lashley. You know, he did such a good job building Bobby up this past year, and he's doing really well for himself, and I just... I just don't want to see his momentum get killed like that. Oh, it's probably already dead, dude. I mean, look what they did to Drew already. Drew's dropped more matches in like the past month than he's dropped in an entire calendar year. But to be honest with you, though, I can kind of see the reason for that. Drew kind of did everything he was going to do on Raw, so... I, I can get behind him uh, making Damian Priest or something look good on his way out. Because that's what he did. You know, he made Damian Priest look good. And I think he's uh and he's going to get a fresh start on SmackDown. Matches to Big E. Dope. He's dropped matches to... I mean, he's dropped matches I didn't even expect. The Sheamus, yeah. I feel like that uh, all these matches that he dropped, they made his opponents look good. You know, Drew McIntyre's giving back a little bit. I can't I, fault him for that. I just feel like he, him, it was certain people that were in charge of the pandemic era who deserved they pay off with the crowds being there, and they're not getting it. I feel, I think that Drew McIntyre is uh, going to have better luck on SmackDown. It's fresh. It's new to him. I feel like the only person from the pandemic era that's still getting their just due is Roman Reigns. And I'm looking forward to Drew and Roman for the Universal title. Now, that's one feud I cannot wait to see. Yeah, I think it's a a fresh start for Drew on SmackDown. Bro, he's going to drop that. He dropped the first one. And he was champ at the time. Yeah. When they fought at Survivor Series. But, I mean, go ahead. Go the next ahead. Match, let's yeah. talk about more pleasant things. Uh, the King of the Ring finals. Now, Xavier this Woods was the moment of the night for me. Oh, my God. I, I fanboyed out. Everybody knows I feel like the New Day is probably the greatest faction of all time. And this just stamped it for me. Because I never in a million years would have thought Xavier Woods would have went over Finn Balor. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to do it. <laughs> when he went up to the ropes again for that spring, for that uh, walk across the rope elbow, man, I just, I, I was like, he's going to do it. 
I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And I'm so happy for him. Yeah, me too. To be honest, uh, Xavier Woods, in my opinion, is the, the best wrestler in the New Day. You know, when it comes to in-ring work and everything. And Big, e, uh, Big E's got his moment. He's having his moment now. Kofi had his moment. Kofi's and, uh, had so many moments. And I'm glad and that Xavier Woods is going to get his I feel too. like I feel like... Xavier Woods is the only one that really hasn't had any solo moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's had his highlights in the matches all the time. He's always doing some crazy stuff. He's always the funny one or whatever. But he's never really highlighted as a soloist. And this and if if you know follow Xavier Woods on any of his social media or anything, Everybody knows that his lifelong dream was to be king of the ring. And this just was such a feel-good moment it was. for me. I, I have seeing them dreams come true. Yeah, I have so much New Day memorabilia in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to finally have Xavier Woods have a solo run. Give me a shirt. <laughs> king Woods. All hail King Woods. Indeed. Give me a shirt. All hail King Woods. I cannot I wait. to see uh, the next match was uh, Big E and Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Well, I knew how this was going to go immediately because yeah. Big E's just now getting his role on. And, and Drew I mean, McIntyre's moving to SmackDown. But, hey, we can't say that because we got some results later when people were moving and we didn't know what was what was happening. But I, I knew that, that Big E's momentum, this was his first feud you know, defending his title. Mm-hmm. This is the for real first one. Bobby Lashley may have been like the the first test in that rematch, but we kind of figured that it wasn't going to go immediately back to Lashley. But Drew McIntyre was the first straight up like test. Mm-hmm. And he needed a big win to submit his title reign. That's what Drew McIntyre has been doing for a while. And I, I'm, I'm, my hat's off to him, to be honest with you, because he's using his, uh, his status at WWE to help others, and I can't uh, find anything wrong with that. Yeah, I can't find nothing wrong with it. It's just, I don't know, man. Drew, I just feel you like Drew deserves. You don't want him to fall too far down. Yeah, Drew deserves a little bit better than what he's getting right now. I understand you, but uh, yeah, it was a great match between Biggie and Drew McIntyre. I was glad to see Biggie retain and to keep moving forward with his WWE title reign. I'm I'm excited to see what's next. I, I can't call it though. I don't know who's next in line. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard with the shuffle going on yeah. right now. Like, I think it's an open field. Whoever kind of walks out and claims it. Yeah, because we haven't even seen the the newest uh, the newest <coughs> era of Raw yet. Because you know we got the new era of SmackDown on Friday, but we didn't get the new era of Raw till tomorrow. So we don't even really know how uh, the lands the landscape is and everything. Yeah, we just got to see what's gonna happen because. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of an open ball field Anybody's with the shuffle. Game. Yep, and I wouldn't mind. I mean, Randy came out and kind of put the little seed out there, but he never really, you know, mm-hmm. cemented it or said anything. He still got some tag title stuff going mm-hmm. on. So, All right, and then there was Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks for this, the SmackDown Women's Title. If that's if this doesn't grind your gears, it doesn't. Okay. I knew what to expect walking into this match, and I'm fine with it. I'm not. I'm not okay with Becky retaining, moving to Raw, knowing that. I mean, come on, dude. Well, if you want to be completely honest with you, the domino effect started when Charlotte Flair didn't drop the title to Bianca Belair on Raw on Monday. You know, kind of predicted that Becky wouldn't Which drop either. Which she wanted to. We'll get into that. Okay. We'll but anyway, uh, the match though it was it was great. It was a good match, and I was uh, I was pretty shocked to see it. To be completely honest with you, you know, given uh, the region of the world that they were in and everything, I I was not expecting that. I was. I mean, to be honest, bro. 
I don't think you can miss when you get these three women like this in the ring. I just I mean, don't think you can miss. I didn't think that the match was going to be... I don't know, think you I can miss. I wasn't questioning the talent. You know, I was worried that they wouldn't get time to work. You know, things of that nature because, you know, of uh, all the the things that uh, that happened on the Saudi Arabian pay-per-views and everything. You know, the, yeah, I get what you're saying. You was you was afraid that they wasn't gonna get the time that they were supposed to. They wasn't gonna get to work out their storyline. People were being misogynistic towards them. Pretty much. Yeah, I get it. I just I just don't think that they can miss, man. If they had three minutes, I don't think that they can miss. <laughs> I don't think they can miss. It'll be finish at the finish at the finish at the finish at the false. But anyway, like I said, I was just glad to see this match happen. And I was glad to see it happen well. You know, it was a great match. Uh, Becky Lynch retains. You know, mm-hmm. rolls up Sasha Banks. Hand on the ropes. One, two, three. Beck, if Becky ain't doing the best job of making people hate her, I don't know who is. I did not think that she'd be able to pull off this heel roll. But she's doing it pretty well. I, I'm enjoying big time Bex's heel run right now. To be honest I don't with even you. like Becky Lynch. It's <laughs> just giving me a reason not to like her even yeah, more. Yeah, see? Alright, uh, main event was uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Was really looking forward to this match, not only because of uh, Roman and Brock and the match that I knew that, I knew that, it, that they were going to have, but uh, I was also looking forward to seeing what Paul Heyman was going to do on the outside. You know, how he was going to be a factor into everything. The Paul Heyman element makes this able to keep going. Mm-hmm. Because without Heyman, you can only watch this. So with, Without Heyman, you can only watch this maybe one time. Because we've seen it. WrestleMania after WrestleMania after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have Roman and Brock actually fought each other? I mean, it's different this time, though. Exactly. Brock Lesnar's never faced a tribal chief. No, Brock Lesnar has never been the face. He's he's never supposed... See, before, he wasn't supposed to be the face. Mm-hmm. They were shoving Roman down our throat. Mm-hmm. Now... Everybody acknowledges the tribal chief is the top guy. Mm-hmm. The Usos always play a part. Yeah, it was. A, it's a different ball game, though. Face Roman is not the. That's the face. Facing face Roman is not the same as facing the tribal chief, Roman. You know, it's a different ball game and everything. Yep. Great match. Uh, one part that really stood out to me was when was was uh, when Brock was on the outside. And then Roman takes off like a jet over the top ropes and just crashes into him. Like, it's been a while since we've seen him do that. I mean, the tribal chief don't got to get on the top rope. He didn't even get on the top rope. He flew over the top ropes. You remember how he used to do that every once in a while? You know, fly over the top ropes. The tribal chief don't do that. Now he walk around. He'll throw a punch and talk to the audience for five minutes. (laughs) Like, this is your guy? (laughs) This your guy? But anyway, uh, match ends. uh, The referee gets taken out. And then Brock Lesnar, you know, picks him up by his pants. The funniest thing was him getting taken out with that F5. The way he threw him on top of the ref, it was like he did. You can tell it was on purpose. He did that on purpose. Because there's no way you can perfectly throw somebody that way. And the ref kind of like jumped into it. Was, that was such a hilarious spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite was when he was uh, the ref's down and Brock Lesnar picks him up by his pants and then throws him <laughs> back on the mat. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, Usos come yeah, out. Usos come out interfere. Uh, Paul Heyman grabs the Universal Title while they're uh, rocking a Roman both down on the mat. Paul Heyman grabs the Universal Title and he says, "You know what to do with it," and throws it in between them. And then uh, they both come to their senses and they scramble for the belt. And they start playing tug of war over it. Roman gets it, clocks Brock Lesnar. Now the Usos kick him. Right. Okay. Usos kick him. Roman grabs the belt, hit Brock with it. One, two, three. Yep. So, Brock retains. Roman retains. Yeah, Roman does retain the title. Um, Brock's looking crazy as usual. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
what can you say? I like this match. I really did. I like the. I like all these matches on the card. To be honest with you, like I said, this is actually, my favorite uh, Saudi Arabia show that they've done so far. A pretty good pay per view. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and we got more to get into, mm-hmm. man. So let's jump into Bound for Glory. Go ahead and pull that up so we can make sure that we got these in order. Because right, this was a great pay-per-view, man. And you know that Forbidden Door is open. And I just remember the start of the show started with a great song. I'm going to be your inspiration. Boom. Yeah, but uh, but first I was on, on the pre-show, though. They had a match for uh, the new Impact title. It's called the Impact Digital Media Championship. It was... Uh, it was a six-way intergender match. Yep. It was Jordan Grace and Chelsea Green, Crazy Steve, Falaba, John Schuyler, and Madison Rain. Uh, yep. Jordan Grace Jordan uh, Grace comes up with the off. W, so uh, she's the first digital media champion. And that Grace Drive will be putting people away. Yeah. I'd like to to talk about uh impacts uh. Uh, new policy on intergender wrestling because they've been doing this a lot lately. Yeah. You know, the women have been getting uh, more involved in uh, guys' matches. Yeah. They've been uh, wrestling tag matches to the guys sometimes. Battle Royals. Yeah, they, uh, there were a lot of women in the Call Your Shot Battle Royal we're going to yep. get into later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I like it to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. you know, I feel like uh, intergender wrestling is uh, its all about perception. To be completely honest with it's, you, yeah, it's whether you, you feel know? like it's believable that yeah. a woman could dominate in a man's field. And it's believable if uh, the woman—if the woman is like a workhorse wrestler, mm-hmm. and the man—and I believe isn't exactly yeah, a workhorse. I know? believe that Jordan Grace could take out a person like Crazy Steve. Yeah. Right. Because she can pick them up and slam them mm-hmm. just like anybody else could. And I feel like if a woman could pick up mm-hmm. and slam or, you know, she could. Uh, I've watched women put guys to sleep mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. Remember the machine when we were in man's jujitsu class? <laughs> she put true. every guy in that class away. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I've seen it. So. Yeah, like I said, I got a lot of problems <laughs> believing that it's about perception and, and everything. And I, and I believe that they, they're. They have the leeway to do it. It just wouldn't fly in certain companies. Yeah, I don't ever see the WWE doing it. I know what you're talking about, but I, I mean, we've seen it in like mm-hmm. uh in like uh you know spectacle matches. Yeah, with Reggie like, and stuff. The stuff from yeah, last like year. Reggie. We've seen Ronda and Triple H mm-hmm. in, in a few moments. You know, they have well, Nia Jax takes a couple Nia RKO's. Nia Jax, yeah. And, and she was Rumble. in the Royal Rumble, got the 619 yeah, and everything. China. We've and, seen her have matches for the, you know, that's mm-hmm. why I feel like China was in a league of her own when it came to right. WWE because she made them believe that women could beat up men. And China was just different. Beth Phoenix has done it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we can't never say that WWE won't do it. We just say that they won't get there where they'll have a title where both people can compete for it yeah. except the 24-7 title, which is more comical. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But like I said, I feel like the intergender stuff, it, uh, it kind of sets impact apart. You know, because they're the only uh, company that... Uh, In the U.S., in the U.S. on like mainstream TV that are doing, doing this, it. yeah, and it, and it can and it can definitely work out for them. WWE doesn't do intergender matches that much. Neither does AEW or ROH or MLW. You know, and since Lucha Underground isn't around anymore, yeah, the Impact's the only one. Yeah, so they got a lot of leeway to to do a lot of things. Yeah. They can they could do a lot of things. All right, uh, next match right. was uh, the the inspiration. Versus the K for the Knockouts Tag Team Titles. Can I just say how happy I am to see the inspiration and Impact Wrestling. The second they got released from the WWE, I was on my knees praying to JBL that they would end up <laughs> in Impact Wrestling. And they did. They, In my opinion, they are a perfect fit. They for those are. knockout tag team titles. I just wish they would have had some matches before they won the uh, knockouts title because it makes them seem like as soon as they. But see, Impact has the title of has has 
a habit of doing these things where people can debut and since their name is big, they make it seem like they're above every single person in the company in that division. You know, I'm used to people working their way up to getting things, not coming in and getting a title immediately. I understand. And Impact is the only place where people can do that. I understand that. I understand what you're I don't about. like that, man. It makes it seem like the company is beneath everybody else that comes into it. I didn't even know by you steady saying the name. Well, we'll get into it, though. Okay. Right, uh, so- but, yeah, I'm. it was a, actually a good match, so I mm-hmm. can't down them or anything. And I like that finisher, that neck breaker yeah. power bomb. That was yeah. nice. Yeah, that was nice. It was beautiful. It really was. Like I said, I think that uh, the Inspiration are a perfect fit for the Knockouts Tag Team titles. They're recognizable. They work well together. Mm-hmm. They're good heels. They're an actual team. They're an actual team, and that's another thing. That's, and that's why a big issue in mm-hmm. WWE and other companies. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe that AEW has, has enough women in their company to be bringing out another women's title. They don't have... You know the the capacity in the title picture that they have. Yeah, it's just a a women's mid card title. It's just something I gotta I gotta wrap my head around. I guess you know it's not something we see every day. It's it's groundbreaking. I think it's definitely something different. It's different. Yeah, but it's just something I gotta uh, yeah. wrap my head around, yeah. get used to, and everything. But once I'm used to it, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy it. Yeah, there's no reason not to. I mean, AEW does have a pretty great women's division. A lot yeah. of heaters over there. They do got a lot of heaters. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta get get our mind wrapped around the fact that they're gonna have a mid card women's title, and and the TBS title at that. You know, that, that's another thing. <laughs> I, I'm not really. Uh, I can't really get behind that name. To be completely honest with you. I, mean, I was are okay. Gonna, are they going to name a title after every That's the thing. Are they going to name a title that they every, work on? Right. I was okay with the TNT title because, you know, TNT, Dynamite, you know, kind of they kind of play well together, to be honest with you. You know, TNT works with Dynamite. You right. know, TBS is just the station that they're on, they're going to be on. <laughs> but anyway, back to Bound for Glory. Uh... Trey Miguel gets a W over El Fantasmo and Steve Macklin, new X Division champion. I didn't even know that Steve Macklin was formerly Steve Cutler. Yeah. I didn't even realize who that was until, you know, I'm watching Mm -hmm. him and I'm seeing him like, that's Steve Cutler. Yeah. He's doing really well over there. Yeah, you know, they're, they're pushing him real hard. And that's, that's, see, that's a problem for me. Like, they're coming in. Bashing everybody. I mean, they they need the talent, the art. They need those big recognizable names to, you know, have to draw the people. I don't to be think honest Steve with Cutler you, was one of those big recognizable names. Okay, but he's but they're making him into one. I think you know he's on the yeah, rise. They're trying. He's definitely on the rise. But anyway, uh, he gets the uh, Trey Miguel gets the W. I'm excited to see this. Trey Miguel is a great fit for the exhibition title, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't think he's ever had it before, to be honest with you. And we see how well MSK is doing. Glad to see the other, the third member of the Rascals, uh, getting his due too. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a that's a really good thing for him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he could uh, finally, you know, break out on his own because uh, the Rascals were doing so well as a team mm-hmm. that everybody just expected when they broke up that. Trey Miguel was kind of going to drift off into, you know, obscurity. They did a good job of uh, building him up, though. He had that feud with Sammy Callahan and everything. You yeah, know, Sammy uh, helped uh, to put some uh, singles uh, superstar uh, notches underneath his belt, as they say. You know, they've been doing a good job with Trey Miguel. And I think that this exhibition title is just going to elevate him even higher. Uh, next match was Heath Slater and Rhino. And violent by design. Yeah, we were waiting to 
see if uh, Heath was going to show up for Rhino. Yeah, all the way around, Rhino was going to show up for Heath. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Rhino was going to show up for Heath. Heath. Heath shows up for the match, and Rhino wasn't there, so it starts off with a handicap match, and then Rhino comes down, and hit the gore and everything, and Heath and Rhino get the W. I'm glad to see them back together. You know, they were a good team. They were a real feel-good tag team. Yeah. and My good personal friend, Rhino. <laughs> Uncle Rhino. You know, got mm-hmm. to meet him. And Subway, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and Subway. Mm-hmm. Took a picture with him. He was real cool. Nice guy. Nice. I love Rhino, so I have a personal bias <laughs> when it comes to Rhino. Alright, and then we had the 20 uh, wrestler intergender call your shot gauntlet match. I mean, does it get any better than Joey Ryan asking a demon for an autograph? <laughs> yeah, that was great. He was straight wigging out like he was actually meeting Kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they had some uh, they had some surprises in there. I was happy yeah. to see uh Melina, she was in there. That was she has a couple of great spots in yeah, it. Yeah. Uh the demon, as they said, he was in there. Yeah, I was glad to see Tasha Steeles make it as far as she did. Uh, Rocky Romero was actually in yeah. there. Uh, cool Rohit Raju is, yeah, is Rohit hilarious. Rohit Raju was doing well in there. They He's had Rachel Ellerin in there. Yeah, she was in there. And Matt but Cardona. Once, once Moose hit that ring, man, he just got the frying people, man. Yeah. He was doing people dirty. He did uh, W. Morrissey dirty. Yeah, I was man. He to be was his doing partner. people dirty. He and he told them like when he talked to Rachel Ellering in the mm-hmm. back when she was with uh, Jordan Grace after winning that title. Mm-hmm. He was like, either me or Morrissey's gonna win. Period. Right. But I like your confidence. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it comes down to at the end, Moose and Matt Cardona. And uh, the end was a pinfall or submission. Moose gets the pinfall, and Moose wins the trophy, and he's the Call Your Shot champion. Yeah, I I, I think they should have went with Cardona, but... Yeah, that's what, that's what everybody's saying and everything, and I get that. You know, Matt Cardona's definitely proven that he's got the goods. But they're not a using... Right. Yeah, they're not using him the way he's being used right. in the indie, so everybody's kind of mistaken at the way that they expect Cardona to be used in Impact. Right, because if you see Matt Cardona in Impact and you see Matt Cardona in, you know, in what, GCW. What is it? GCW, they're yeah. like two different people. And Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah, they're, they're two different people. And they, they're kind of associating him with the death matches and the heel character mm-hmm. that he's playing over there. Right, but he's not playing that character in uh, Impact. Exactly. Though. It's the same thing that goes with their champion right now, and their champion is Moxley. Right. And he's not exactly what he is in AEW. Right, I feel that, I feel that. But anyway, yeah, Moose wins the trophy. Uh, the next match was the three-way for the Impact Tag Titles. We got the Good Brothers and Finn Juice. And we got uh, the Bullet Club members, Chris Bay and uh, Hikuleo. i really been enjoying Chris Bay and the Bullet Club and everything. And he's uh, been, I feel like this has uh, been using uh, to, rise, to raise his stock in mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling. You know, he's been on a roll lately. Glad to see him, you know, running around with uh, Hikuleo and El Phantasma and yep. Jay, uh, Switchblade when he's there. Oh, but uh, the Good Brothers, they get the W. Uh, Finn Juice goes for uh, their finisher as a suplex splash. Carl Anderson uh, is hiding on the on the uh, on the ring post, you know, outside the ring. Lightly tags in, and then they dispose of uh, Juice Robinson after the move. One, two, three. Yeah. Good Brothers retain. Feel like that that this was the right decision. Uh, the Good Brothers are a quality tag team, and they're a team that uh, people know, and they're a good they're a good uh, team to uh, have the division uh, pretty much be centered by. Yep, because I mean they're already established anyway. They've been established around the world, right? And it's not it's not like hard to believe that the Good Brothers would be able to pull these types of things off. So. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody can argue with that type of choice. Uh, Mickey James and Deanna Prado was the next match for the Knockouts uh, Championship. Great, excuse me, great match. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Uh, Mickey James actually comes away with the pinfall with the and the new and she's the new Knockouts Champion, which is really. Uh, kind of caused controversy online and everything, and I can't say that I blame them. For those that are upset by this, by this decision, I know I was pretty upset by it. Man, Deanna Perazzo was having one of the most legendary reigns in TNA history, and it's such a shame that this is happening. I mean, all good things must come to an end. I get that. As a Deanna Prazo fan, I'm upset that she's not champion anymore, but I could have almost lived with it if the person that took the title off of her was being made off of it. Needed this rub. You know? I said the same thing when they did it with Kenny Omega and Christian takes the title off of him. I said it when when Charlotte was the NXT women's champion and she doesn't get pinned to lose it to Io Shirai. These champions are doing so good building their titles up and they're having such great reigns, but we're missing the payoff here, to be honest with you. And sometimes right. we, we miss that payoff. That, that payoff should be passing it on to somebody else. You know, passing it on to somebody who needs it, somebody who's not there already. Right. You know, Mickey James is a legend, and I'm sure that she's going to do well. As knockouts champion, you know I'm not doubting Mickey James's abilities. Are not saying she's she did not deserve this at, at all. Like Mickey James helped to create the knockouts division. She's one of the pillars that that division was founded on. Exactly. You know? But I'm just saying that I feel like that either Deanna Prado should have retained because she was white hot on fire and. She was having such a great reign, or somebody else who needed who wasn't the rub, established. and it was uh, somebody else who needed this rub would have got it from her. You know, I was hoping for somebody like Taylor Wilde or Chelsea Green. You know, these are two hills that Deanna Prado had not climbed yet. You know, they hadn't got their shot at the champ yet, and I don't know. I'm just kind of upset. You know, I'm a little disappointed by that outcome. I'm not gonna lie to you. Congratulations to Mickey James, though. All right, and then uh, main event match, Josh Alexander, Christian Cage for the Impact World title. I mean, such a feel-good, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching moment. It was a great match, and Josh Alexander gets the W, new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, not couldn't you couldn't write a better story than him dominating with the X Division title the way he did. Bring, mm-hmm. Getting that legendary win over mm-hmm. Chris Saban. Stepping in the ring, yelling option C in Kristen's face like mm-hmm. we ain't heard that in so long. Yep. I completely forgot about option C. <laughs> yeah, me too, to be honest with you. I mean, they've been building Josh Alexander up since Kenny Omega took the title off Rich Swine. Josh Alexander was Impact's homegrown champion during that entire reign. You know, he was Impact's guy. He was there, and they were building him up so well. And to see (coughs) him get that title and to hear the emotion in Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown's voice. Yeah. It was just great. Like, I, I was on my feet. I was just emotional because the title was coming back home. And Josh Alexander deserved this storybook ending. And then here comes Moose to drop the boom. Drop the boom. Fuck your fairy tale. Give me my title. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my God, that was so crazy, Pretty much. bruh. Because while Josh Alexander's in the ring with his wife and kid, here comes Moose with his trophy. Man, oh man. Cashes it in. Cashes it in. Spears Josh Alexander. His wife and kids are still in the, uh, still still in, the in, ring. in the corner. They haven't even gotten out of the ring yet. 
And he gets the one, two, three new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. It was Moose. so. It was so. Damn you, Moose! Yeah, the in the words of D'Lo Brown. Damn you, Moose! Like, and, and, that, and I liked Moose, and that made me hate him so much. I like Moose. Like this is not against Moose. I'm I'm pretty sure that Moose is gonna have a good reign as world champion. And to be honest, you know, I thought he should have took the title off Kenny Omega. You know, I said that on the show a few times when yeah. they were going to have their feud and everything. I said that Moose was going to be the guy to uh, the Impact should run with. But not like not this. Not like this. Not after, not not after, like this. Not after we fell in love with Josh Alexander after all this time, man. Yeah, all I, this I guess time. the WWE is the only time I that love that likes the walking weapon and Impact. Got an impact. I guess the WWE is not the only company that likes to play on your emotions, man. I'm telling you. Like, and the show goes off the air with Moose standing over Josh Alexander while his wife and his, and his son are covering him. You know? I'm telling you, bro. That was that I was, was crazy. crazy. That was crazy. But Bound for Glory was a great show. I loved it from top to bottom. You know, I, I was thoroughly entertained by it. It was a great one. I actually was surprised at a lot of the thing. How interested I was mm-hmm. that in Bound for Glory, the way mm-hmm. that it was. I mean, the way that it played out. I mean, it, I wasn't really too keen on the inspiration showing up and immediately winning the title. But at the same time, I got to say that, I mean, it was it was meant. I mean, there are an actual tag team. We know that Decay was doing good. Yeah. I was already hurt when they took it from Fire and Flavor. Yeah, but she's leaving. They yeah. had to. They had to. Kiara Hogan was signed to AEW. Mm-hmm. So... I, I like that the and the inspiration should be a good. They're gonna be great. They're gonna be a great advocate for the knockouts division. wasn't expecting a new title just out of the blue because mm-hmm. uh, I haven't been watching Impact lately mm-hmm. and I just jumped in on Bow for Glory. So it was real good and I mean, but the Josh Alexander thing made me so happy and so hurt right after. Because I was so sure that they were going to run with this man. Like, I knew he was going to take the title off Christian Cage. It was going to be too big of an opportunity for them not to. Like, this was the payoff. And it was a great payoff. It was a great payoff. Tears in everybody's eyes. It lasted for two Everybody's short, happy. Not even five minutes, and, Moose. And not even five minutes, Moose comes out, cashes in his... his Call trophy, your shot his trophy. call your shot trophy, which he had just won, <laughs> like Kane did the night he won the world title, just won the money in the bank an hour ago, and here he comes. And I mean, new world champ again. Mm-hmm. All right, but we got a little bit of time left. I want to get into one hot take before we go off. Okay, the air. one hot take, brother. Let's get to it because I already would know. Would be this title exchange. So, uh, segment on SmackDown this week between Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Like the the rumors have been going around, they're just crazy right now. And apparently, all these rumors say that Charlotte Flair is kind of difficult to work with right now. That's I mean, what I'm hearing. from what I'm hearing is a lot of. The creative she's having a big problem with. She wanted to lose the title on Raw to Bianca Belair clean. They wouldn't allow her to do that. She wanted, you know, to to actually lose it before she moved to SmackDown, and they didn't want her to do that. And now they want her to do this title, this title exchange, which was stupid from the beginning. I, I was not a big fan of this. I, I, I mean, didn't want to see it. The way it played out. And people actually have reason to believe that Charlotte is difficult to work with from the situation that happened with Nia to all the way to what's happened with Becky Lynch. I wouldn't put it past them to believe that. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't exactly blame Charlotte Flair all the way if that's the case. Like, if she does have an ego problem or if she is, you know, kind of difficult to work with, that's not entirely her fault. I would put some of this blame on the WWE as well. 
I mean, it's the way that they put her on this pedestal for six years now. Like, they they pretty much built her a, cr a throne and have her sit in it while people uh, carry her places. You know? right. They might as well have done right. that. And that's what I'm saying. Even when she wants to lose, they won't even allow her to lose. So what the hell is she supposed to think when they want you to exchange belts in the ring? Becky wants to snatch it from her. She throws the belt on the ground, picks it up. Becky throws the belt at her. Like, Becky wasn't the easiest to work with at that point either. Yeah, well, you can tell and both of them really didn't want to do it, to be yeah, honest with and you. And both of them are being built like RoboCop. So neither one of them wants to look bad. So mm -hmm. how is it supposed to go? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking when it came to this Charlotte Flair, Becky title exchange thing, but it was a bad idea. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really want to see this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't want to see it when I did it last year with the, with the Street Profits and the New Day. But at least last year, they did it. It was more comical last year. It wasn't a whole... Right full blown out segment like it was this year you know to try to make everything so serious and everything you know, all they're doing is just switching titles you know it's not really a ceremony moment, yeah they I didn't have think. to go through all of that and not only that not I feel, at, at, at a certain point i felt like they sent sasha out there to break up what was happening i would not surprise me you know, because she comes out there at the end, Sasha and Charlotte getting each other's face, and they waste no time, man. They're giving us the good stuff right off the bat. Let's go. I hope so, because Sasha and Charlotte have great chemistry. Well, Sasha just is a great wrestler, period. She has great chemistry with everyone that she gets in the ring with. But so. Charlotte really brings it out of her, in my opinion. She really does. Charlotte, I mean, those have are... magic chemistry. No, I think... Becky and Sasha have magic. It's I think something, Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, that's what I mean. Magic. Bailey and Sasha well, have, have the really most good magic. chemistry. Bailey is like Bailey and Sasha have, mm -hmm. but when but it's something about the matches between Sasha and Charlotte where they lock up. It just is on from then on out. I just hope it goes better than their feud in 2016 did because that was some garbage. I them don't know if you can call it garbage now. Okay, fine. Them switching the titles back and forth was garbage, Arden Weiss. Okay, I really uh, like I, that. if you say so. And you you always make the argument that it was to buff. It was! Like, I can't think of any other reason why they would do that. Why why did they do that then if it wasn't to buff up Charlotte Flair's number? Because I don't know why they wanted them to fight at so many pay-per-views, but Charlotte was on an undefeated pay-per-view streak, so she never lost at a pay-per-view. So, so, so why did they want Sasha to get those wins back on Raw the next night? So Charlotte could have a new title reign at the next pay-per-view. <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me Sasha Banks' women's title reign is, is less important than Charlotte Flair's undefeated streak at a pay-per-view? I don't know, but she's got five title reigns and all of them are almost... Uh, she got three of them off of Charlotte, I believe. Yeah. I think she got three out of five off of Charlotte. One was one Oscar, off of, one was one Oscar was and one was Alexa Bliss. She's cursed with that Raw women's title. That's what it is. I don't, I, she can't hold that thing, apparently. Apparently. But either way, I'm just saying, I am not looking forward to the feud, but I'm looking forward to the match. I'm looking forward to the feud, man. Not me. To the matches. Hopefully it doesn't go a back and forth thing because you're going to be real mad at me come the end of this. Don't start with me, Arch. I'm just warning you. You know how I am yeah, when it comes to the queen. You know I am when it comes to the boss. I can well, be just as annoying as you are. Get ready. Uh, I guess we're going to be on, get ready. Be on two different rival teams then, Arch. Hey. You ain't finna just steamroll over me every show either. I tell you what. I tell you I'll what. I'll fight for my spot on this show. It's my, I'm co-hosting this show, and you're not going to continue to talk over me with this queen BS, and I'm trying to talk about the boss. The queen is always just going to be... I don't want to hear it. ...the best. I don't know what your problem is with that aspect of the game. And earlier, I'm going to tell the show what you did. I told him... 
There is no other woman in the professional wrestling world that's ever done a corkscrew moonsault on anyone. Guess what he did? He Googled it, people. I he Googled it. I YouTubed it, and I couldn't find anything. If anybody's listening to this show, and they know of a woman who does the corkscrew moonsault, please let us know so you can shut his mouth. Because there please. is none. Charlotte is the greatest please, woman's you know, wrestler of you know all one, time. Would you please and I let us ain't know. letting it go. Would you please let us know so so he can stop with the stupid nobody else does the corkscrew moonsault argument, please. And when you find a woman that does the corkscrew moonsault, show me the same video of her doing the double moonsault. Yeah, well, we'll see. There's one out there, aren't there? There has to be. Show me a woman doing the double moonsault, and I'll let it go. All right, let's get out of here. Tell them where to reach you. Yeah, I said it. I'm... (laughs) Art Dog. (laughs) Art Dog 1 on Instagram. Art Dog 3 on Twitter. Arthur Quinn on Facebook. Hit us up at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com and, and tell Gunner to kiss your ass. You're not even going to let me tell him where to reach me just because you go first. I'm finna tell him to kiss your ass when All you right. tell him where to reach you. Right. You can reach me at Matt Lindsay on Facebook, Matt Lindsay 677 on Instagram. And when you reach him, put all toilet emojis in his Goodbye. comment section. Thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. We will holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.